are you patient? I would ask myself that question. Are you patient? In what areas of your life do you need to be more patient? Love is kind. Abby, are you kind enough? Do you treat people with compassion, sincerity, genuineness, and generosity? How can you be kinder in the relationships with the people around you and your community? Love is not self-serving. Are you selfish? Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 30. Hey, how are you doing today? How is your motivation? Are you feeling excited about life? I am asking because this year so far has been a very, very challenging year. There's no doubt about that. But despite the challenges, we still have to make one of two choices. Choice number one, you can let those challenges bring you down and ruin the rest of the year for you. Or choice number two, you can choose to make the best of it and end the year on a positive note. Either way, it comes down to how you want to move forward for the rest of the year. I hope you find the strength and the motivation to continue to stay positive and motivated and keep your head up high and keep moving forward because in the end, momentum is what's going to get you through this. Finally, I wanted to give a quick shout out to a couple of listeners that recently left reviews for the podcast. The first shout out goes out to Nate from Richmond, Virginia. Nate says, quote, we need some motivation from time to time. The Motivational Voice podcast is a great resource that brings you what you need to navigate the journey of life. It features timeless lessons that everyone can benefit from, end quote. Thank you very much, Nate. And by the way, I used to live in Arlington, Virginia. I loved it because I was able to go from D.C. to Maryland to Virginia in a matter of 30 to, 30 to 40 minutes. And, and I really love that about that. All right. And the next shout out goes to, to Totojo. Totojo from Denmark. I hope I'm, I'm saying your name right. T-O-T-O-J-E-R. And he says, he or she, thank you very much, whoever you are. I wish nothing but the best for you. End quote. Well, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you very much for listening to the show and thank you for taking the extra time to leave a review. I really appreciate that. All right, let's jump straight into today's interview. My guest today is Abby Awotesu. Abby is a life coach whose expertise is in relationships. She particularly focuses on empowering single women to grow healthy and long-lasting relationships. Now, before you tune out, before you you start thinking or skipping this episode I because you're a man, I want you to stay open-minded because everything we share in this episode can be applied to men as well as women. It just so happens that Abby is an expert when it comes to relationships, specifically helping women. But it doesn't mean that you can't get value out of this episode. So stay open-minded and I guarantee you that you will take some nuggets out of this episode. With that said, let's listen to my interview with Abby. 
All right, Abby, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Omar. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, it's a pleasure to have you on. Would you take a second and just introduce yourself and tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Yes. My name is Abby Awutesu. I am a life coach with Dear Abby. At Dear Abby, our mission is to empower single women to unapologetically own their identities and grow in self-love. We believe that in order for you to find true, meaningful, lasting love, you must first of all love and embrace yourself. Flaws, nuances, imperfections, and all. That's a very interesting you must first learn to love yourself. I think that's a very deep and very authentic way to introduce yourself. And part of what you do is to to help people find uh, love and, and help them increase uh, or improve their relationships. Through that, you do that through the law of attraction. Can you tell me more about what that is? What, what is the law of attraction? Yes. Well, the law of attraction is an ancient universal law. It is, um, it is a secondary law from the law of vibration. And the law of vibration is, is, is a universal law, just like the law of gravity. You know, there are certain laws that govern the universe. Um, they were created from the beginning of time. And, you know, it's a way of, of God, in a sense, just organizing and structuring the universe to have order, you know. And so the law of vibration is the primary law. And then the law of attraction is like a subset or a secondary law out of the law of vibration. And basically, the law of attraction just states very simply that you attract whatever you emit. Whatever you put out into the world, whatever you put out into the universe, you attract. So if you are a loving, kind, generous, compassionate person with integrity, you will also attract that into your life. So also, if you are a negative, toxic mean, destructive person, you will also attract that back into your life. So it, it's about, in a nutshell, you, you get back what you put out into the world. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good explanation. Thank you for that. Now, how, how does the law of attraction tie into, into relationships? And actually, before we get into that, I, I think you have a very interesting background in how you got into this work. Would you be willing to tell us more about how you got into this work and a little bit more about your background? Of course. <laughs> well, um, I, I am of Nigerian descent originally. Um, I was born and raised in Lagos, Nigeria on the African continent. And um, I moved to the United States when I was a teenager. And I lived in the United States for about 12 years. And then I moved back to Lagos to work as a young professional in my mid-20s. Um, met my husband in Lagos, in Nigeria. We got married, had our first child, had our second child, and decided to relocate back to America and basically raise our young family in America. And um, obviously, I've gone through a lot of experiences. I went to school here got a degree in public relations, which is in communications. And, you know, I, 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 I did the time. I, I worked in communications for, for, I have a 10-year working career in communications that spans, you know, PR, agency PR, to radio hosting, to managerial roles in communications and business development. So I, I've been through the gamut 
in the communications um, industry. And I decided to um, recently start my own life coaching business because I, 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 I just, I, I've developed this compassion for single women um, who are finding it a bit difficult navigating love, the nuances of finding and keeping true meaningful love, finding a mate and a partner that is worthy of them, you know. And the reason why it is so dear to me is because I too was in that situation just a few years ago and I, I took the bull by the horn and did not want to leave my life up to chance. I did not want to take any chances and just let life happen to me. And so towards the end of my 20s, when I was advancing in age and realizing that, you know, I want a mate, I want a marriage, I want a partnership where I am an equal with my partner and we can build and grow together and build an empire, you know, and, and have dominion <laughs> over, over the things that we encounter in life. Um, and uh, it, was, it was from having that desire of settling down that I decided, you know what, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, in a sense, take this situation seriously and not just leave it up to chance and fall into any type of relationship. I wanted to make sure that I was ready to receive the good in the universe and receive the best man out there who was worthy of me and I was also worthy of. So I started reading self-help books. I started reading books on relationships. I started reading books on, on the dynamics between men and women in relationships. And, you know, my mind just opened up. My mind opened up and I started realizing the beauty and the synchronicity and the harmony and the, the, the symphony of, of men and women in relationships and, you know, just the beauty and the dynamism of relationships and love, you know, because growing up, I, I kind of had a kind of, I had a colored perception of, of men and love because of the way I was raised. Um, I was raised in an environment, a very conservative Christian environment. And, you know, I, I was kind of, this message was imbibed in me that, oh, you, you need to be careful and weary of men because, you know, I, I, just, I, I just was raised with some very funny narratives about men that, that are not true and obviously are subjective, <laughs> you know, and um, I had to unlearn. Sorry? In what way? In what way? Yes, I, I was taught that I should be suspicious of men because men only want to get it between a woman's legs. Mm. You know, I was taught that men lie, men cheat, men are womanizers, men are not to be trusted. You know, and so I, I was brought up with that narrative, which was kind of ironic because I've had a father who has been the total opposite of all those things. And, you know, he's, he's such a role model in my life, you know, but I was brought up with that narrative, especially from the, from some female characters in my life. And um, I had to unlearn those stereotypes about men, you know, and get to a place where I opened up my heart and my soul to receive love in its purest, truest, most authentic form. So was there a, a certain taboo around relationships in general that, that you, were, you were exposed to? Yes, it, was, it, it, wasn't like, it, wasn't, it wasn't like overt, but it was very subliminal. You know, it was a subliminal message of, first of all, you're not supposed to be in a relationship until you're a certain age. 
um, you're not supposed to be physical with a man to a certain degree, you know, because you're opening yourself up to harm and you're opening yourself up to liabilities. You know, you're not supposed to desire a man, you know, you're not, to, you, there are just these messages that were very subliminal that I was brought up with, you know, and so you, you, could, you almost feel guilty about having feelings and attraction towards the opposite sex. You almost felt like I was doing something dirty and I was doing something wrong and I was doing something sacrilegious, you know, and there was just all this guilt and shame around loving a man and being loved in return by a man. Yeah. yeah so there was, and I'm sure people who, it's interesting you say that because I, I, I also was, was born and, and raised in, in West Africa, particularly uh, born in Mauritania, raised in Senegal for the most part. You were supposed to behave in the same way that you're describing, you know, to a certain degree where, yes, you were, you could, you could date to a certain degree, but you weren't supposed to have uh, premarital sex, for example. You weren't supposed to hang around people of the opposite sex uh, if you're not planning on marrying them. So there was that aspect of the culture, but there was also a certain, if you were serious about someone, there was a certain courtship that you would do. And there was a lot of uh, rituals, if you will, that you had to go through, where in some cases even you would, someone would have to be present in the room for you to be with that same person. I see you nodding and, and, and smiling. So was it like that or? It, it, it was to a certain degree. It wasn't, to, it wasn't so extreme that somebody had to be in the room, like staring right. both of you down. <laughs> right, yeah. But there, there was a bit of leeway in that sense, but there was still that unspoken taboo around being alone with a man, you know, being intimate with a man. When, you're, when he hasn't put a ring on it, you know, and he hasn't walked you down the aisle yet. And um, yeah, a lot, a lot of shame, just, just plainly speaking, a lot of shame around being, being intimate with a man when he hasn't married you yet. Yeah. Right. No, that makes sense. I, I totally identify with that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, every culture has some kind of, of, um, of rules, if you will, around relationships, around mm -hmm. sexuality, around intimacy, and yes. so on. Yes. Um, but coming back to to the work that you do with with women, and you you specifically called out single women. How can uh, people use the laws of attraction to benefit their relationships, or or in their their search for the perfect uh, partner or, or a spouse? Oh. You know, the law of attraction, it, it constantly is working. It's constantly in, it's constantly alive and moving and operating. And, you know, it, it's in our consciousness constantly. But um, majority of us do not realize it. And so we don't know how to use it. We don't know how to capitalize on the law of attraction and use it to our favor. And um, that's something that I definitely want to shed a light on. And, and bring that, that awareness and consciousness to single women. The law of attraction can be used in dating in the sense that as a woman, if you're looking for a life mate, if you're looking for a partner for life, you have to first of all be the things that you are looking for in a man. 
um, while I was dating, I um, in my in my journey of of fixing myself, so to speak, and reinventing my reality, I um, there was a there was a passage I stumbled upon in the scriptures, um, the holy scriptures, and it was a passage that talked about love, what love is. Um, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-serving. Love does not boast in itself. Love, love conquers all. Love never fails. You know, there, there were these um, adjectives and descriptions for love. And I remember just soaking in and embracing that scripture with my whole heart and consciously and intentionally becoming all those traits and attributes that that passage talked about love is patient and i would take each phrase one by one love is patient abby are you patient i would ask myself that question are you patient in what areas of your life do you need to be more patient love is kind abby are you kind enough do you treat people with compassion sincerity genuineness and generosity how can you be kinder in the relationships with the people around you and your community? Love is not self-serving. Are you selfish? Are you, do you care more about yourself and your personal interests than those of others? So I literally took those, those phrases one by one and just asked myself, like looked myself in the mirror figuratively and literally and asked myself those questions and realigned my self and my and my my character to make sure that I was all those attributes and those essences that love is supposed to be because when you are love you attract love so also when you are self-doubt or you are or you have low self-esteem or you have an attitude or you're standoffish you also attract that in mates, in, in men. When you're emotionally unavailable, when you are not honest with yourself and with others, when you are not genuine, you also attract that in mates. And that is why you have some women complaining about how, oh, when I'm dating, I, I'm always attracting men who are emotionally unavailable. I'm always attracting men who are sketchy or who aren't ready to commit or settle down. If you really look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself the truth, you have to ask yourself questions. How am I not committing to, to situations in my life? How am I not expressing emotional availability to people in my life? You have to really ask yourself those difficult questions because most of the time, if you are attracting a certain type of man, it is because you too are exhibiting those qualities that are attracting that type of man into your life. And that is what the law of attraction is. You, you attract what you emit. What you put out is what you get back. So you would embody these values and practice them and make them part of your, of your personality or is this something more that you, you become more mindful of? So speaking of, of patience, for example, so would an example of that be being more patient with with the guy if they are let's say you go on a date and they want to go to a location or to an event that you don't really care for maybe it's baseball maybe it's a uh, car racing and as a woman you don't like that but you are patient enough to be willing to compromise to go to that event and just be patient with them and and be there for for for, for that uh, that person is that what what 
well, a yes, good example. That, that's, that's part of it, definitely. And and one way I try to make it easy for, for, for women is before you even get that date with that guy, start by being patient with the people around you, the people you live with, the people you interact with at work, your co-workers, your boss, your your family, your parents, if you live with your parents, your siblings, try to start exhibiting those values and those essences around your immediate environment. And once you continue practicing patience and kindness and selflessness with the people around you, it becomes more and more natural. It becomes more and more part of your character. And so you're, you're beginning, you start attracting that in men. And so when it's time for you to go on that date with that man and he suggests to go to a baseball game, or a karaoke and you hate singing <laughs> or you're not really into baseball, you know, you know how to reach a healthy compromise where you're not forcing him to be what he's not, but at the same time, you're also being true to yourself, but allowing space to get to know him in that new unfamiliar environment, so to speak. Yeah, I know that, that makes sense. And I know it's interesting because, well, even outside of relationships, even if you're meeting someone for the first time, you you generally tend to notice those traits. The people who stand out the most or people want to connect with are people who just seem to be comfortable in their own skin, but also are they, they appear to be themselves. So, and they generally stand out in, in not only in parties, but in, in just in general in connections that you make. Yes. And I think that that's a good point. You you have to be yourself, but also have those values of maybe it's kindness, maybe it's patience, maybe it's uh, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, and, and no one is saying no one is saying like, like you rightly said, be yourself. Like no one is saying become something that you are not. If you don't like right. baseball, don't don't like force yourself to go to a baseball game if you totally abhor the concept of of men hitting a, a ball, you know, with a bat. You yeah. know, but at the same time. Communicate that with him and, and both of you reach a compromise where you're both happy, you're both content, but you're also allowing each other to express yourselves freely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that rings true for me. I've been married 23 years now and it's been a, a journey and every every day, every year, I learn something new. I learn something new about myself, about, about my, my wife, yeah. about how we interact and and sometimes it's a matter of compromising and being willing to let the other person, if you will, have what they want. But it's also, you also have to strike a balance between doing that and also being yourself and doing what you also want, yeah. because ultimately you don't want to, quote unquote, fake it to mm-hmm. attract that person. Yeah. And in the end, realizing that you're hating the relationship because you can't be yourself. Yes, definitely. So yeah. important. It's a good point. What do you normally see people come to you about in terms of relationships? What do you find that, well, in this case, single women struggle with the most? Hmm. I would say the number one concern that, that most of the women that I relate with have is, again, this emotional unavailability of the men that they date. Um, they complain a lot about the men being sketchy, not being honest, not being forthright giving them subliminal messages, giving them subtexts, giving them mixed messages, you know. And um, I always, the advice that I always give women when they find themselves in these situations, because what I do is, again, these, these, these situations are so layered. 
and you can't just put a one a one um size fits all approach to every situation because people are dynamic and people have been through different experiences in their life that shape who they are that shape their reality that have created the paradigms that they carry around you know so you can't just try to like solve the problem overnight and think it's um, some issue that you can just slap a band-aid on and we're, we're all good to go you know so some a lot of times i i go i i I try to unpeel the layers of, of these women and find out what the what the deep-seated issues are. You know, we go down memory lane, I go down their history. Was there an issue in your life where maybe somebody had abandoned you? Maybe a parent had abandoned you and you know it created this this void in your heart and in your soul. And you started carrying that deep-seated resentment and hurt and feelings of abandonment with you and that has shaped your paradigm and your reality and you don't realize it but you know in every in every relationship that you attempt to go into you're carrying that baggage and it's it's affecting your aura and your energy and it's also attracting into your life these emotionally unavailable men who kind of like remind you of that parent who was not emotionally available or even physically available in your life you know, so there are a lot of deep-seated issues that women carry around and you have to have the patience and the time and the compassion to be able to just unfold those layers and go deeper with them and really find out what the issue, what the root cause of these issues are. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I didn't study psychology in school. I'm not going to pretend to be what I'm not. But I, I, I have studied human psychology over some time and you know obviously it's an ongoing study you know like you never stop learning do you right. you know but there, there are just some patterns that you see in in certain situations that can kind of guide you and let you know how to approach a certain problem that a woman keeps on having in her relationships and in her love life so if i am a single woman i'm going to channel my inner single woman <laughs> and i've been i've been dating and i've been I feel like I've been patient and I've been trying to to see it from the, the guy's eye. It's just it doesn't seem to be working. And of course, things are worse now because of, of, of the, the well, COVID-19 and people are more careful. What are some of the things I can do to, to, make, me, to make my next relationship more successful and perhaps a, a longer term relationship? Hmm. Yes. Um, I would say that do not let... COVID or the, you know, do not let COVID be a deterrent to you maintaining your optimism about finding love, you know, because it's very important that on this beautiful journey of love, of finding love and keeping love and sustaining love, that you, you maintain a healthy, positive attitude about the quest, about the conquest and about the maintenance of that conquest. You know, don't look at COVID as a deterrent. Just look at it as a challenge, a new challenge that, you know, will help build you and make you stronger. There are innovative ways in which you can communicate with, with a potential date, even in COVID. If you're not physically meeting, you can go on virtual dates. You know, both of you can put on your computer. You can set a date and a time um, when you decide to have a virtual date with each other. And as the woman, you dress up, you put on your makeup, you look pretty, you kind of 
spray some perfume just to give yourself that aura of feeling beautiful and sexy and you know and then you meet on your virtual date and you start communicating and getting to know each other and one beautiful thing about covid <laughs> is that in the in regards to dating is that it has now given people an opportunity to really observe people beyond the physicality of a traditional date you know because when you go on a traditional date you both go to a restaurant and you're not six feet apart. You're both close to each other. And there are a lot of things you miss out on. There are a lot of cues. There are a lot of, there's the body language. There's the subliminal messages that you might miss out on when you're so close and physical with each other, typically. But now that there's COVID, and if you guys are on your, few, your first few dates are virtual, you know, you get to observe certain things about each other, about your facial expressions, about the, the man's body language. You know, when you ask him a question, how does he react? Does he get defensive? Is he calm? Is he patient? You know, you get to see these things, these nuances that before you might have overlooked if you went on a traditional date. So that, that's an advantage of, of what COVID has done to dating is that now you get, you get this space and this time to really see people for who they are, you know, between the screen, you know, and it gives you that, that opportunity to understand the person more and know, okay, is this guy somebody that I want to go on the fourth day? Because, you know, for instance, I, I am, I am, a, I propagate, start your first few dates virtual. And then as you continue progressing on your dates, if, if things are getting better and you're feeling more and more comfortable with each other, then set up a, a physical date, preferably in an outdoor setting. Maybe you can go to a restaurant that has an outdoor setting or go for a picnic, something outdoors. And, you know, the first few dates can be virtual and then the next couple of dates can be physical. You know, so it gives you that opportunity to, uh, to really observe each other before you go on those physical dates and let the the relationship progress. So don't see COVID as a deterrent. See it as an opportunity to really observe a person and know if they're right for you. Yeah, so you mean people can't hide under dim lights anymore and <laughs> hide their emotions. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. COVID has changed everything. COVID's changed everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, communication is, is very important in, in any relationship. And I know this after... After years and years of being married, are there certain certain expectations that you should have in a relationship, even if you're dating, or you maybe you're about to get serious, that you should uh, come forward about and and level set with your with your partner about? Oh yes, completely. I I am a firm believer that clear communication is so important. You know, a lot of times, you know, not generalizing, but just saying, a lot of times we ladies we we give these subtle hints and we kind of expect our, our mates or our partners or our boyfriends or the men we're dating to, to, to get the hint. You know, it's really important that we are clear on our communication. We are clear on what we want. I've been married now for almost four years. I'm so young in the marriage game, but you know, you know, and just the other day I sent my husband a love list. <laughs> I literally, I, I created a list of all the things in, I numbered it and I created a list of all the things that my husband should do for me that would let me know that he loves me. And I put it in black and white and I sent it to his phone via text, you know, and I was just, you know, I, I had, I gave all these examples. I was very detailed and I was like, honey, 
these are the things that when you do for me, I will know that you love me. And I put it in black and white. I made it very clear. So he can't tell me that he doesn't know what, you know, and I mean, I've been married for four years, happily married, you know, but even at that, I still made things very clear, you know? So I feel it's very important that in relationships we communicate and we communicate clearly and we don't just leave things up to chance or hope that he'll read between the lines or he can read our mind. (laughs) And I feel like we, we need to do a spoiler there and give us one item on that list. <laughs> no, you don't have to. You know. I love that. I love it. I love it so much. No, I, um, I, I should probably adopt that and have my wife uh, come up with a love list so I, I know what, what she That is so cute. Okay. Well, one, one item I would say is um, I, I told my husband that um, one of the items, it, it was, it was, the, the list was actually 32 options, options long. And one wow. of the options was him just buying me a gift every now and then just just because you know i was like you know mm-hmm. you you show me that you love me when you just buy me a gift every now and then just because you know so it could be flowers could be something you like maybe exactly it could be flowers, it could be anything anything yeah right. mm-hmm. <laughs> no that's good no thanks for sharing no oh. problem <laughs> now are there any additional tips or or, or um, advice that you would give to people that in terms of using these laws of attraction, it sounds like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of how you see yourself and, and thinking positively. And uh, yeah. when, when you go into a relationship or when you're about to, to look for, for a relationship hmm. that that's involved, is that, does that sound about right? Yes, definitely. I would say that um, the things that are just so important about finding love and keeping love is um, first and foremost, you must love yourself. As a woman, as a single woman, looking for love, trying to find love, you must first and foremost love yourself. So whatever it is you're going through, whatever challenges you went through as a kid and whatnot, make sure you are at peace with whatever unresolved issues might be in your life. And get to that place where you truly, authentically love yourself. Not the facade you put up to the public. Not the makeup, not the hair, not the clothes, not the material possessions. But you must truly, authentically love yourself, number one. Number two, you must give yourself, you must allow yourself to be open to love. You must allow yourself to be able to be open to love, you know, a lot of us women have been hurt in past relationships. We've had heartbreaks. We've been through, we've been through the gamut when it comes to love. We've dated the wrong kind of men sometime in our past. And it's very easy to become resentful or to become closed off. And you feel like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can ever trust a man again. I don't know if I can ever open up my heart to somebody again. You know, love, love is, um, part of, of finding love is being able to surrender to love. And, you know, it, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to do. It's scary, it's daunting, you know, but it's something that you have to be willing to allow yourself to do. You have to be willing to be open and vulnerable to love at, at whatever cost. I mean, there, there are so many songs that, that are in Western culture about, oh, I'll be a fool for love. You know, and I mean, there, there is a truth to that. You must be willing to be a fool for love. 
<laughs> you know, because yeah. a lot of times it is in that surrender, it is in that act of vulnerability and openness that you find love and you, you get that, that release, you know. So I would say, number one, love yourself. Number two, be open to love. Do not be afraid to open your heart up to love. And number three... Um, and I want to actually, before you move on to, to number, I wanted to to maybe ask you a question about the number two, where, you know, be open to love. I know a lot of people, and this is this works for, this happens for both men and women, have a certain list, if you will, in their head of what they want in a, in a partner or in a person. Mm-hmm. Is that list getting in the way or is it fair to say, I'm not going to settle for a man that's uh, less than, I don't know, six foot tall or <laughs> that, has, that makes, uh, you know, seven, eight figures or <laughs> you know, how, how does that contribute to, to the finding love part of, a, of that, that equation? That's a very good question. I would say that when it comes to having a list of what you want, there's nothing wrong with having certain preferences. Like, oh, I want him to be tall. I want him to look a certain way. I want him to be muscular and fit. There's nothing wrong with that. But I would advise that before you even go to the physical aspect or the monetary financial aspect of the things you want, first of all, ask for values and essences and character you know, ask for qualities that are endearing and that are really going to stand the test of time. You want a man who has compassion. You want a man who has integrity. You want a man who is honest. You want somebody who, who, who is kind, who is tolerant. These are the kind of qualities that, that sustain a marriage, that sustain a relationship. So before you even go to the physicality of things, First of all, ask for the, for the endearing essences that, that will sustain and keep a marriage. And then you can have fun with it. You know, if you want your man to be 6'5", have fun with it. But at the same time, be open. Be open. Don't, don't be so closed off to the notion that, oh my God, I am not going to look in the direction of anybody who is 6'4 and a half. You must be 6'5 or nothing, nothing less. You know, just have an open mind about it. But also believe, if, if you truly believe that the man you want should be a certain way and look a certain way, the universe will give it to you, but you must believe it, number one. You must, you must not doubt it. You must believe right. it. And then number two, also just be open-minded and be fluid and allow, allow space and room for the things that really matter. And I'll give you an example. When I was single for many years, I had this desire that I wanted my husband to to have gone to an Ivy League school. <laughs> it was so funny. I just, I just thought that going to an Ivy League school was such a big deal. And I was like, you know, I had told the universe, I told God, you know, I want my husband to, go to, ha- to have gone to an Ivy League school. And, you know, my husband did not go to an Ivy League school. But what, what I realized as I got older and I matured was that that doesn't even matter. <laughs> like... Going to an Ivy League school doesn't matter. There are many people who went to Ivy League schools who are not that successful, depending on how you define success. But, you know, it's not the degree or where you got the degree from that matters. It's the character. It's it's the endearing qualities that will make him get to that goal in life that that, that you and him want to achieve together. So it's, it's not about the accolades or, you know, what school he went to or what degree he, he graduated with or what he studied in school or even how much money is in his bank account. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, the journey of love. It's, it's one where 
when you guys get together, you, you bring your intelligences together, you put your heads together and you grow together. You grow, you know, and you have a common vision and a common goal for your lives, for your family. And you, you both of all, both of you do it together. You help each other get to that point together. So it's not really about where you've been or where he's been. It's more so about where both of you want to head together as a united team. Yeah, no, that's a really good point because, I mean, th- that I, I've seen that happen where when we thought about getting married, my wife and I, at the time, I always think I was in financially in a place where I felt I needed to be to get married. Yeah. Uh, but she said something that, that I didn't think about at the time, which was exactly what you said, which is you can get married and build life together as a couple, as a unit. You don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to have all the financial things figured out and everything in place. You just have to have goals in place and be willing to work through it and stick together and make it happen. So that's a very good point. I've seen that happen in my relationship. Now, we we talked about uh, number one, be yourself. Number two, to to stay open and open-minded. And uh, was there a number three? Yes, the number three is to continue to learn in love. Never, never, never feel like you've reached, you've arrived, and I, I don't have anything else to learn. Or no, I've gotten the man, I've gotten the ring, we're married. Okay, I'm done. You know, I, I can relax, I can chill. I don't have to work out any longer. I don't have to care about my appearance. I, you know, continue to grow and learn in love. Always, always have an open mind. Always have a student mentality of wanting to learn more about life and more about love. Because love is dynamic. It's not stagnant. You don't, you don't, it's not, it's not like you, you, once you get married, that's the end of it. No, even within that marriage, you have to maintain a healthy relationship with each other to sustain the marriage. And both of you should continue to grow and evolve and expand within the marriage. So never, never close your mind up to knowledge and to wisdom and to insight that can help advance and progress and evolve both of these relationship and marriage. So re- remain open to, to learning from life. Be a, remain a student of life, even after you, you reach that goal of marriage. Right. No, that's a good point. Don't just get married and say, okay, I am done. I've, I've got <laughs> the man and I'm, I don't need to do anything else. It, no, that's a good point. You have to you have to continue to show that you care about your your spouse and your partner. What motivates to you as as a person? What motivates me? Wow, that's a beautiful question. My children motivate me. My two daughters motivate me. Mm. My, My dreams and my goals and the vision I have for my life and my family, my husband and my children, that family. That's what motivates me. That's what keeps me going every morning. There is no wrong answer. That was a very good answer, by the way. Now, where can people find you, Abby? Yes, you can find me on my website. It is www.askdearabby.com. Abby is spelled A-B-I. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. My handle on all those three platforms is the same. It's at Ask Dear Abby. I'll add that to the show notes. Now, I know we're running short, short on time, but is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Oh, I, I just want to say thank you so much, Omar. I, I enjoyed you know, having this conversation with you. And um, 
just as, as a single woman, just know that you are beautiful, you are strong, there is no goal you set in life that you cannot achieve as long as you put your mind and your heart into your goals. And when it comes to love, love can find you at any stage and any point of your life. You're never too old to find love and you're never too young either to find love. You know, love can find you at any stage. So always have an open heart and always be open and ready to receive love and don't feel like there's a, there's a cap on when and who and how you can find love. That was my interview with Abby. You can find the show notes for this episode on my website at umarjeng.com slash session 30. That's session 30, all in one word. By the way, let me know what your biggest takeaway was from listening to that interview. Did you have an aha moment? Did it change your mind on how you perceive yourself, your relationships? Are you going to change something about how you see others? If so, let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I will leave you with this quote from Dr. Seuss. You know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. End quote. Who knew Dr. Seuss could be so wise? I hope and pray that you find the person you've been looking for. And if you have already found that person, good for you. And may your relationship be everything you deserve and more. Thank you for spending part of your day with me today. Until next time, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.